the HVAC field is starving for young, eager techs. This is the most exciting and challenging field to be in. Come on a journey to find out what you really need to get started from a veteran and company owner who has trained many successful techs. Welcome to Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt. Good morning. I am your host and creator of Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt, John Dungan. This is our 19th episode, Preparing for the Upcoming Summer. Before I get into it this morning, I'd like to remind everyone that I post regularly on Facebook and Instagram at Ability Air. And I have a bunch of videos on YouTube at John Ability Man Dungan. That's D-U-N-G-A-N. This podcast is specifically about getting into and being successful in the HVAC field. This is from my perspective as a tech, installer, and contractor slash employer. I have been an HVAC contractor for the last 15 years and have been in the industry for about 20 years. So if you know someone who may be interested in this field, please pass this podcast along. I think I can help them out. Okay. So let's get into it. I wanted to talk a little bit about how I'm preparing for the upcoming summer. I know this is a bit early. We are still right in the middle of winter uh, for at least another month or so. And most people are still experiencing snow, cold weather, heating calls, but Here in Florida, things are starting to warm up a little bit. Uh, It's raining right now, but it's been warmer the last few days. I've been getting some air conditioning calls because when uh, people turn on their heat here, which is very infrequently, it will frequently leak refrigerant because the indoor coils are are leaking and it becomes the high pressure and now they leak the refrigerant out, they go to switch it back into air conditioning, and now it doesn't work all that great. So I'm experiencing a lot of that. I've done quite a few refrigerant repairs over this last week. I replaced a compressor, I replaced a coil, I replaced a TXV. Um, So that being said, um, I wanted to get to the first item on my list, tools. So I've really been evaluating my tool setup you know, during summer, you kind of gets a little crazy, uh, a little out of control. You buy tools in order to just cope with something. You know, maybe the supply house had this tool, you really needed it, but is it the best tool for the job? So that being said, I've been evaluating my vacuum situation. I am religious about vacuums. Uh, I believe that 410A is a lot less forgiving than R22 was. Not that there was any excuse, but I feel like people are taking vacuum setups a little bit more seriously, especially now that um, there's a lot more information out there, a lot better equipment. So I've been seeing a lot of trending on social media, which I really like to see people providing good information, good quality workmanship. I've even posted some things on my social media and been called out on a couple things, which, you know, I could have been not cool about, but I said, well, you know, as 
actually, this guy makes a good point. And I started doing this little thing a little bit different. So it's good that we push each other to do a better job in this industry. There are too many people doing very, you know, just poor work. And that's part of what this podcast is about, is just helping people get into the field the right way, do really good work, and, you know, maybe people won't be so scared about calling an air conditioning guy. It'll be more like a profession, you know? I know it's a profession, but people are scared to call air conditioning people, you know? And and we have a responsibility to inform our customers correctly. And a lot of the time I see... You know, I'll go to a customer and they've had three different opinions on how to fix something. And really, a professional would just lay it out so that they have all the information. So that gives off the perception that there's a lot of people not, they don't exactly know what they're doing. Anyway, I digress. Um, I, I'm not sponsored by anybody. Nobody's ever given me equipment aside from maybe the parts house you know, giving me a pocket knife or something like that. Um, I have used Robin Air vacuum pumps. I have used uh, Yellow Jacket Bullet uh, JB pumps. One of my go-tos. They're just they just run. I have rarely any problems with them. Um, I was in the position recently where my uh, bullet, my Yellow Jacket Bullet, is not pulling well. And I had a backup JB. Well, I've been using my backup JB for my primary pump for about a year now, a little over a year. And I don't like having just one vacuum pump. I'd like to make sure that I have two vacuum pumps. If something goes wrong, I have something else. Maybe it's not pulling well. And, you know, okay, I set up the gauge and it pulls fine, but maybe on a big system it's not pulling well. So I'll set up a second vacuum pump just to see if, you know, that's the case. I always carry two vacuum pumps. Well, this last year I've been working on about one and a half vacuum pumps, which is really not good. So do I send my bullet back for service and get it repaired? Or do I just buy a new one? Now, I don't know about you, but one of my least favorite things to do is to pack up, package a big item that's heavy, take it to the the, the shipping store, and pay to have it shipped. I don't know. Something about this process, I just, I hate doing this. I could replace an air conditioner in a day. Not a problem for me. Going to ship something at the shipping store? Oh my God. Pull my teeth out, please. That is way better. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I've been seeing a lot of people posting about the Navax, and I just wanted to see if they were... uh, worth the hype. Are these really good vacuum pumps or are people just getting, you know, paid or are they getting equipment? Like what's going on here? And I decided to pull the trigger on it. I really wanted to get one of these battery powered ones because I thought that, you know, they could come in handy, right? But I usually have a plug available and I'd hate to be running out of battery and having to charge it, especially in the heat. Batteries do not like to charge in the heat. Um, So it would rely on me making sure that the batteries are charged. And I I pull quite a few vacuums. So I'm going to be pulling vacuum probably at least three times a week. Probably more like 
five or six times a week. So am I going to reliably charge these batteries? Am I going to pull two in a day where maybe I don't have a great power source or it overheated like it's too hot? There was just a lot, lot going on there uh, for me to wrap my head around. And I wanted the 4CFM. I did not want to rely on the 2CFM. Um, just a lot of moisture here in Florida. I didn't feel confident that the 2CFM could pull a vacuum in less than, say, an hour and a half, two hours, which in that case I would have to have two batteries reliably. And that's going to waste some time on my jobs. You know, when I finishing up my install, I put the vacuum on. Maybe I don't have an hour or two until I'm done with the job and I need that vacuum pulled. So I wanted to do the four CFM. Man, that thing is expensive. It is $700. I could buy two vacuum pumps for that. So I started looking at the different options I have and this company that I bought mine at had the 6CFM, the I, I forget the number exactly. I'll uh, try to post it here. Anyway, it's um, it's an intelligent one, and it actually has the vacuum on the side. And I thought, wow, is this needed? Like, is this really good? But the draw for me was that it's variable speed motor. It's a DC motor. And that's cool. So anyway, I went ahead and I pulled the trigger on it. And that day, I ended up pulling not one, but two vacuums. I replaced a coil on a four-ton train. Four ton, it was a five-ton train. And then I replaced a TXV on, on a, uh, a root system, a heat pump, four-ton. So in two days, I was able to pull a vacuum on these, and it was it was pretty impressive. I mean, I was pretty happy. It was a 6 CFM. I think the JB I was working with was a 7, and then my uh, bullet that I loved so very much was an 8 CFM. Um, now I know you're not supposed to pull a vacuum too fast because that can cause problems uh, with freezing of the of the water in the system, the moisture in the system. These systems um, were actually charged pretty good. I recovered them and pulled them into 10 micron vacuum before doing any repairs. I flushed the systems with nitrogen. I did everything possible to make sure that I wasn't gonna have excess or hopefully any moisture in the system. That being said, I was really happy with that. These are two very large systems, I mean, 10, 12 pounds of refrigerant. Um, and then the next day, I did a compressor on a four-ton heat pump. So it was like two days, three very large systems. And the, um, the, the compressor one that I did, it pulled it into a vacuum in about an hour. That is, that is pretty impressive. I think this uh, system held like 12 pounds of refrigerant or something. So for a residential system, that's pretty big when you're talking about volume of, of refrigerant. Um, so I was very happy with that. I also upgraded my gauges. I saw that HVAC Know-It-All 
I, I mentioned this guy a few times, but I really enjoy his accounts. I think that he is providing valuable information, a professionalism, which I really appreciate, and he's entertaining. And whenever he is, you know, he's probably selling me a product. He's probably sponsored a little bit. No, I'm not knocking it. I, I think it's fine. Um, I'd like to know that people are sponsoring products that they really truly believe in, but man, he is all over that NAVAC stuff. He loves it. The flaring tool, the vacuum pump. Anyway, he pulled out his new Testo 557s. I went online immediately. I didn't even get out of bed. I saw his post while I was waking up for the morning. I had that sucker ordered before I even stepped out of the bed. However, I actually did not get the 557s. I got the 550s. I have a set of 557s. I have two sets of probes. I have like the full set of probes with the enthalpy uh, probes and, and, and the whole deal. I have like two or three sets of 550s. And I decided, well, also, the 557Is, I think they are, out of stock, uh, everywhere I checked. So I got the 550s. I don't know the difference on these things. I really don't. But it has the full digital display. It shows all of the measurements on one screen instead of having to toggle between. Um, and I've used it for like three or four jobs now. And the most important part was it had the new Micron gauge. That's the size of just your normal pressure probe. And that's what I was really interested in because I wanted to switch up my vacuum gauge. I have the Testo. Um, I forget which one it is. It's just your basic Testo. It wasn't the Bluetooth one. And that thing worked pretty good. But sometimes I, I have a feeling it's not quite accurate. And then I had the uh, corded uh, vacuum probes off the 557s and I have had such problems with these things breaking. Um, I've had like three of these probes now and two sets of the gauges and for some reason there is a weak link between the vacuum probe and the gauge. I, I don't know what it is about it. Um, and sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't and sometimes it wouldn't work, and then it would work for a couple months. Um, I don't exactly know what's going on with that with that Testo product, but I hope they fixed it with this with this probe that's wireless now. And that is why I got it because I can look at my vacuum through my phone. I can look at it on the gauge, and the Bluetooth is strong enough. I can actually go back into my truck. I mean, depending on where I'm parked, and monitor the vacuum. I was in the attic putting together a plenum and I was able to look at my vacuum while I was up in the attic and it wasn't super close. It was an average job. I was an average distance away from my condenser. So I was able to look at this vacuum. It was awesome. So I now have the 550 eyes. I think it's 550 I, which I love and the probe that goes along with it. And I've tried out the new app. And I haven't fully explored the new app, the uh, Testo Probes app. 
and then I'd like to link it together, learn how to do the the measure quick. I really want to learn this measure quick. Um, I've been hearing a lot about it, and it links up with all the Testo stuff. So I'd like to check that out and, and use it a little bit before the summer comes and see how this is going to help me out. So I'm all set up. Now I'm working on uh, my son's tool bag. Uh, for those of you who know me or follow my Instagram, my son Jacob uh, and I have worked together for years. He is 20 years old. He'll be 21 this year. And he's, you know, coming along as a tech. I mean, he's a really good installer. Him and I do installs together, and we frequently get done by about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then we go on, and we run service calls for the rest of the day. Uh, so he's become a, he's becoming a hustler, and he's getting a lot more into the diagnostics. He's really wrapping his head around superheat, subcooling, um, electrical troubleshooting, low volt, high volt. And so we're setting up his tool bag now. We just got the uh, backpack for the Vito Pro Pack. We love Vito Pro Pack. I don't think I'll ever buy another tool bag. It's just the best. So he got um, the backpack. And it was funny because you know, he really wanted this backpack, really wanted this backpack. But he's had the old, like the original uh, Vito Pro Pack tool bag forever. The zipper's been broken for like a couple of years. Can't zip it up. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I want this. I want this backpack. I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, it's nice. It's going to hold all your tools, but man, that's a lot of tools to put in there. It's going to get heavy. And about uh, two weeks later, he goes, oh, I hate to admit it, Dad, but you're right. This thing is so heavy. So um, I hand me down tool pouch, the uh, Vito Pro Pack, the TP3 the original one. Um, he's using that now. <laughs> he put all his tools in there and he's like, God, I'm so mad. Everything I need for the install is like right here in this pouch. And now I have this big backpack that I can't use. And uh, that, so that brings me to my point is you got to have a tool bag that just kind of sits there and holds your tools. I mean, what are you going to do? Lug every single tool that you have up to the job? That's crazy. So, I mean, I'll have like two and three tool bags I've also left my bag on a job and what am I going to do? Run back to that job, grab my tool bag so I can complete the, this other job I'm on. No, I have duplicate tools of everything. I mean, now I have basically like three and four duplicates because he has his full tool bag. I have mine. And then I have like my reserve stuff and, and he's starting to get his reserve stuff. He's starting to upgrade to other tools. We just keep your old stuff. And then you have, duplicates i mean we have like three impact drills three hammer drills two vacuum pumps um just tons of extra stuff i mean not to the point of clutter we're very organized um we and that brings me to my next point okay so we're gearing up we're getting the right tools we're getting honed in uh, i want to learn some apps to to help me out um, we are organizing the hell out of our truck. We're really reevaluating stuff, um, seeing what we sold last year, what we're projecting for this year, and kind of running through some stocks so that on certain items so we don't have to stock as many. So I'm really honing in on the organization on the truck. 
because if you're organized, then number one, you know what you have and you can find it quickly and things don't get damaged. You're not buying duplicate stuff. Like if you have a dirty truck and you can't find the item, guess what? You have to go buy it. Next hour, next day, next week, you're going to find that item again. Oh my God, now I've just bought this item and I had it on my truck already. Just doesn't make any sense. Just organize, clean your truck, make sure you know what you have. Because if it's there and you don't even know you have it, how are you supposed to use it? So we're going through the trucks, just making sure everything's good. An additional thing that I'm doing is making sure that I'm in line with what products I'm going to be offering. Now, as a company owner, it's a little bit different because I can change brands. I can look at different items that I want to push, like if I want to push more indoor air quality stuff or if I want to push more repairs or replacements or whatever it is. But as a technician, you could really evaluate what the company offers and decide for yourself like what you think you'd like to push for people. Like if you really believe in UV lights, then you're going to look at maybe the different types of UV lights. Like a lot of companies will give you the freedom to get some over others or whatever. Sometimes you can even bring it up to your manager and say, hey, I really like this product. I'd like to offer this. Um, but it, it really pays to provide something that you believe in. So look at that right now during this time when things may be slow for some people. Um, you just evaluate what you're uh, going to offer for the next year. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was R22 systems. Now, as of last year, they're not making them anymore. I mean, they're not making R22 anymore. It's becoming a little bit harder to get. It's getting more expensive. But um, there is definitely a strategy to dealing with systems with R22. Some people are putting in drop-in replacements, which I do not believe in. And that's a subject for another podcast, I guess. Well, maybe not. I mean, this isn't too complicated. Uh, in the extreme heat, I don't trust a drop-in refrigerant to perform well without temperature glide. Maybe it performs well at 85 degrees, but when it's 100 degrees outside, it acts differently. So I don't really put any stock in drop-in refrigerants. I'd rather use like a a pure refrigerant. Um, I mean, R410A can be a little bit volatile too. It's a little bit more sensitive than R22. So, you know, I, I felt like R22 was very good refrigerant. It was very forgiving. You could get it close. No, no big deal. R410A is a lot more um, not forgiving. And if you get any kind of contaminants in the system, it can be really bad. Uh, airflow unbalanced a little bit. It's really bad. So why am I going to trust a, a blend or drop-in refrigerant? I just, uh, I'm not going to do that. So that being said, here's my strategy. When I run into an R22 system, I definitely inform the customer, regardless of the shape of the equipment, hey, they stopped making this refrigerant. Not 
necessarily recommending you replace your equipment based on that, but you just have to know that if you run across significant repair, you should definitely look at replacing it over repairing it. You should probably put aside some money if you don't have you know the money put together now, put aside some money, be prepared, get this thing replaced. It's not going to get any better. If I run into a repair and it's over $500, I'm definitely urging towards replacement of the of the system. And I I do carry some R22 on my truck. I try not to ever use it. It's just like strictly in case of an emergency, somebody has no air, they have an R22 system, they are already um, deciding they're going to replace it, and I've got a deposit, then I can use a little bit of R22. I have been known to uh, put some used 22 in a system just to keep it going for the next weekend or week in order for me to replace equipment. I will not use used R22 um, as a solution because number one, it's illegal and number two, you don't know what's in it. So it's not good for your customer either. But if they have no air and they put a deposit down, they're ready to replace it. I will give them some used R22 just to get them, get them through. So that's my strategy on R22. I guess that's uh that's it. That's all I really wanted to talk about. The things that I'm really focusing on right now, getting ready for the uh, upcoming summer. It's going to be spring here before I know it. It feels like spring. Things are starting to green up. It's getting a little warmer. Nice. Anyway, that's it. That's all I have for today. Please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Ability Air with any questions or ideas on topics you'd like to hear about. I have several ideas on topics, but I'm always looking for more. Have a great week.